about to start so pop those headphones in and let Sophia style radio to keep you company. Love Thy Body Project, home of female empowerment. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. To find all female artist information, hop over to our Facebook page, search Sophia Style Radio. Original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Separatist identification spreading out across all nations. Media controls our minds while unity is left behind. That two world hunger go to McDonald's, get another burger. Think you got a right to freedom of speech, then the cops come along and tell you to stop. So I'm gonna find in a different way. You write songs, spread the message, and meditate.
Welcome to Live By Body Project, the show where no topic is off limits. We're here to encourage, empower and support. Today you've got myself, Laura Bland and the lovely Serena Novelli and together we are two thirds of Love Thy Body Project. And we have got a treat in store for you today. So if you've been following our journey, you will know that so far with Love Thy Body Project, we have released two collaboration books, helping over 40 women to share their stories, share what they've been through and help to empower and bring hope to other women. And today we've got two of our authors from book one joining us on the show. We've got the lovely Rachel Barnes and the fantastic Tracy Edwards. And what we're going to do today is just have a little bit of a chat about their actual stories, but also why they chose to take part in the book and how the process of writing and sharing their stories has actually helped them um, to overcome some more of those feelings and emotions and just the power behind having a voice and how that can make you feel. So welcome to the show, ladies. Lovely to have you both. Rachel, I'm going to come to you first. Do you want to tell all of our listeners who you are, what it is that you do, and then just a little bit about why you chose to put yourself forward for the book? Okay, yes. Yeah, so I'm Rachel Barnes, and I'm here in Newport and South Wales. Um, I'm mum to two boys. My eldest has got autism. He's coming up to 16. And I've got another child who's 12, who's still homeschooling at the moment. So that's um, a bit of a challenge. So I'm a confidence coach and I help ladies who are basically just like I was, scared to do anything because I was so worried about being judged by everyone. And I've come through that. I've had lots of different therapy and I'm quite open about sharing that with people. And sharing my experiences in a book was really the next step you know just saying letting other women know that it's okay to feel like this it's okay to be um so ashamed of your body because I've been there and this is how I've, I've come through it I wanted to be in your book because obviously I know you Anna and Serena really well and I knew it was a safe place to come and share that and I knew you know that it would be like warmly received and it would be quite a nurturing environment to do that so yeah that's why I joined you Oh, lovely. Thank you. And it's lovely to hear that you were, you know, one of the reasons for applying for the book was because you knew that it would be a safe space. And that's one of the most important things, isn't it? When you want to talk about things that are, you know, deeply impactful on either your own journey or things that might trigger other people or just, you know, elements of your life that maybe you haven't spoken about before. It's so important to have a community that can be supportive and actually just stand behind you and not knock you down and I think there are too many places and too many times particularly with women it's one of those things that we see that we tend to pull each other down rather than help each other up so knowing that actually you felt comfortable within our community and with working with us is just lovely to hear so thank you for that Rachel. Tracy tell everyone who you are what you do and why you wanted to share your story. Okay, so I'm Tracy Edwards and I am a 50 year old single mum. I've got two amazing kids who are pretty much grown up now. Well, one absolutely is. My son's 25 and he's doing great. And my daughter's still at home and she struggles really badly with um, anxiety. I decided this year that I was going to be, sorry, it was last year, I was going to be 50 and it was time to start to actually really love myself because I hadn't for such a long time. And I found Love Thy Body Project um, group and you guys helped me love myself for the first time in forever. And that's why I decided to participate in the book because not only was I going to be able to get rid of a lot of demons that I had buried very, very, very deep, but it was also a bit of a payback to say thank you for everything that you guys had done. And hopefully by sharing my story, I helped other women feel confident in sharing theirs. And we're so glad that you decided to join us because Serena and I have been through the same process ourselves in terms of sharing our stories and difficult parts of our past or parts of our lives that other people wouldn't have had an insight to. And it is a really difficult process because when you sit down and you start writing, all of those emotions that you think you've dealt with start to come back to the forefront of your mind or things that you'd completely forgotten about you trigger those memories and at times it's almost like having to step through it again and work back through it and and deal with 
you know, those emotions, those feelings, that heartache all over again. So we are extremely grateful that you both decided to join us in that process. One of the things that I think I found the hardest when I was writing was reading it back as that third person, like through the eyes of, of the reader. Um, I found that much more emotional reading my own story back as if I, if it's, as if I weren't that person and taking that empathy on through, through somebody else's eyes um, and realizing actually I'd been through, I'd been through so much. Um, but when it's you, you don't kind of really see it as it's a, a powerful story, do you? So like, I know that in the, like, as the, as the authors were writing, there was some nervousness about whether their story were, their stories were going to be good enough to be read by people. And we absolutely knew that your stories are amazing. And, and we had no doubt that they, they're going to be amazing. But how did you get through, how did you get through that, that anxiety of, is my story good enough? I think for, for me, um, Laura got me through that because she listened to me whinge and say I wasn't good enough. And I think I read the first tiny little bit of my story to Laura and she was like, there's no problem. Get it in writing and get it down. And I literally wrote the rest of it. After that, I wrote that in one night because it just kept coming. In doing that, I got so much out I got rid of a lot of my emotion when I was writing it and then just put out what was needed, what I felt would, would help other people. That's it. And that's the that's the key thing behind the books, isn't it, in terms of, you know, we've we've all stepped through different journeys in life and we're all at different points. And with Love Thy Body Project, everything that we're doing is trying to help people find confidence in themselves, self-belief, you know, moving away from negative self-talk not having all that focus on I'm not good enough my body's not good enough I'm not smart enough all of that kind of stuff but it's a real journey and because we've all been through different experiences we've all learned different things we've all got those different nuggets of wisdom that actually to us might just seem like common sense but to someone else is that missing element that will make a huge change to the way they view themselves or the way they feel the next morning when they get up you know, sharing your story, whether you think it is worth it or not, there is always somebody else that needs to hear it. There is always somebody else that is struggling and that will connect with maybe just one tiny part of your journey, but it just helps them to realise that they can keep going and they are good enough. So Rachel, you've mentioned then that though Serena homeschools anyway, because you know, she's crazy um i am grateful <laughs> there's no other word for it serena crazy um i am grateful that callie is at school and she has been back for a little while because of my key worker status and i know that she needed it but rachel you're still in the position where you are homeschooling you're running a business you're obviously supporting your son who struggles anyway within um obviously the autism spectrum so how are you actually managing to cope with all of that stress and pressure at the minute? What are you doing to try and keep yourself positive, but also let yourself release any of those emotions that need to come out? Okay, so I found walking has been an absolute godsend. I'll get Adam's in school. Adam's got autism. He's in school part time, so he finishes about one o'clock. And I found to keep him calm and to keep keep me calm, we've gone out every day just to walk by the river, just to throw twigs in and watch them go under the bridge, um, listen to the birds singing. And quite often I'll do a live into my group because I run a group quite similar to yours about confidence for women. And I'll just sit there and talk about how I'm feeling because the group's quite supportive. And I think having these women's groups has been a lifesaver because it's somewhere safe where you can go and talk about how you're feeling so I'll just go out and we'll walk up to the side of the mountain and we'll just take in the nature and it, it really calms me you know so without that I've struggled the days that I haven't gone out I've really noticed that my stress levels are starting to go up because it's not easy my husband's working from home I've got a 12 year old who really is not interested in his online lessons. So that's like that negative energy trying to nag him to do something. And then I've got 
a child with autism who has no idea why we're in lockdown, why he can't go to his favourite places, why he can't go swimming. Um, yeah, I don't seem to have a minute to myself. So my clients I've been seeing in the evening and then I'm exhausted the next day. So yeah, my top tip would be just getting out in nature and just like just watching the birds and you feel like you can just escape, you know, escape everything and just drift off somewhere else. So absolutely. And I'm a massive advocate of exercise to support your mental health. So whether that is daily walks or whether it's going out running or whether it's lifting weights in your garage, whatever it is, you know, exercise is such a benefit to help to, you know, release all those natural endorphins to pick your mood up to help lower your, your stress levels, your cortisol levels, all that kind of stuff. So if you can exercise, then try and do something on a regular basis because over time those effects will build up and you will feel good for it. Tracy, what about you then? Obviously your your kids are, are older. What's your so your daughter is 17. How has she been coping throughout? Because I know that obviously she's she has her own issues with, with anxiety and you support her on that. Um, and I've seen parts of your your journey through social media. What are you what are you and your daughter doing together to kind of support each other? So Megan's at um, college, so she's everything's been online since she started last summer. So we both work from home every day. Um, I work quite long hours, but the way that I release the stress is by cooking. So I go into the kitchen whether it's just dinner or whether I'm cooking for 10 people and doing doorstep deliveries or collections from the door, that's where I just get it all out and I just release any sort of pent up stress or whatever. And for the two of us together, um, we just go for a walk or just spend time chilling and watching a movie or something like that, which for me is, is amazing because for the last 10 years, I've traveled every single week with work. So while everybody else is hating lockdown, I am actually feeling very blessed because I've not had to travel in the last year. And it's just been, it's just been so amazing for my health, for, for my journey and giving me time to find me again, and also for building Megan's confidence again and releasing some of that anxiety that she's had and sure by me loving me and getting my confidence back up, it's, it's given her more confidence and given her some more positivity. And I'm really starting to see some changes lately in, in her. And it's like, yeah, they listen. They listen to what we're doing all the time. And if you're putting out positivity, that's what they'll do. And I think that's just what it is. Brilliant. And I think that's a key point as well, isn't it? In terms of there are silver linings as well, like you've said so. You know, being able to actually focus on yourself, focus on the relationship with your daughter, focus on, you know, building her confidence and positivity. And that's one of the things, isn't it? When things get really tough, it's trying to find those positives and it's keeping those in, in mind so that you can get through the harder days. So we are going to take a quick break for some music. Don't go away. Stay with us. We will be back very shortly. If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, sophiaandi.co.uk, search under our playlists and artists. Don't know what to do today To help me feel like dancing Been building up my hopes but hey I know that I will be good When all of this is over I'm not sleeping in the night My thoughts are reached a bright New heights Seeing pictures 
current that I'm following Guide me back to shore Will you help me share my feelings Cause I'm wanting more and more Welcome back to Love Thy Body Project. You're here with myself, Flora Bland, and the gorgeous Serena Novelli. And we've got two guests with us today, both from our first collaboration book. So Love Thy Body, Real Life Stories, Volume 1, which if you don't have it, head on over to Amazon and you can get it on Kindle or on paperback. So we've got with us Rachel Barnes and Tracy Edwards today. So that's two of our authors. And they shared their stories with us in the book in order to bring hope, bring inspiration, and just show other women that they are capable of making change and finding a positive way forward. Tracy, I'm going to come to you first. Can you just tell our listeners kind of a little bit about what your story was based around and any tips that you've got for women that find themselves in a similar position to what you did? So like I said earlier, when I um, turned 49, I decided that by the time I was 50, I was going to love myself in every way and to do that I had to look at the things that had happened that had caused me not to love myself not caused me but I had allowed myself not to love myself because of and that was difficult I mean it was it was really really painful and it was really hard but it was so so worth it when you actually look at the things that you feel have caused you to be horrible to yourself and and deal with them individually then you start to realize just how amazing you actually are um, and that you shouldn't let things that happened in the past define your future and it's easy to say that now because I've done it but I would absolutely tell anyone that are that's having problems in either loving their body or loving who they are just to start looking at it and, and start dealing with it one of my biggest things was all through my life I think I just wanted I just wanted people to to love me but I didn't love myself that made it really difficult. So I kept attracting the wrong people in my life, whether that was relationships or friends, family even, um, until I actually stood back and dealt with all the issues and looked at what had gone on and started to really love the person that I am, the shape that I am, you know, warts and all, everything. Then things completely changed my whole life. And if that helps one person love themselves and we've done our job because that's that's all we can ask and honestly no matter how much you've been through in your life no matter how dark or how horrible it's been 
there's so much light at the end of the tunnel and it's so much good to to come if you just allow it in um, and I think that's the key for me was just embracing who I am you guys shown us that we should love every bit about our, our, ourselves and just finding the positives out of things that had gone wrong in the past so I was just going to say like for me that that just is it that's the power power in it is the accepting who you are now and loving you like you said warts and all if you can love that light part of you as well as that darker that shadow side of yourself and you can accept and um you know that's okay because I'm human when you can learn when you can learn to love yourself in both of those situations which is what you've learned to do that's the power that's where you you've got the key then to to unlocking everything I think one thing that I'd just like to say though is the way the book has been written isn't to badmouth anyone else in this in this world at all the way the book is written is from my eyes and my heart and how I saw my life happen it's not being nasty about anyone or anything it's just shown people that's what I felt that I went through that's how I saw it happen it's okay for you to share your story because other people actually do need to read it because you're going to help someone absolutely and that's the thing because even if we are experiencing something together and at the same time we've each got a different set of experiences behind us and we each take things in in different ways and we react to things differently Um, and it's no different so um, within my day job I deal with issues on a, on a constant basis and it's no different to you know someone makes a joke that they think is funny and the next person doesn't think it's funny because it's all about perception and it's all about how we react to things um, and it doesn't matter you know you could be walking through a situation with the next person standing right next to you but what you see what you notice what you take in and how you feel about it and what you remember afterwards is different from one person to the next. Nobody's version of the truth is any less valid if that is the way they have perceived that it has happened or they've perceived that that's how it's affected them. And you're right, you know, nobody has set out within any of the stories in the book, you know, to to have a go at someone else or to belittle someone else or to beat someone else up. It's all about, this is my perspective, this was my journey, this was how I felt, and this is what I'm now doing to move beyond that. And to get to a, a lighter place, a happier place. So yeah, really valid point that is. Thank you, Tracy. So Rachel, how did you, when you decided that you wanted to contribute to the book, did you go through a period where you were talking to other family members and letting them know what you were doing? I know some of our authors kept it very much to themselves and didn't tell any of their family what was happening. Some of our authors obviously went to family members because they might have featured in the stories a little bit and spoke to them and said, you know, this is what I'm doing. How do you feel about it? And then we've had those authors that needed to be a little bit cautious because while they wanted to tell their truth and their story, they didn't want others to feel a negative impact. So what was the process for you in terms of your story? Because obviously those that haven't read it, we do go back into your childhood you do talk about kind of family life a little bit and how that kind of impacted you as you got older. So, so what was the process you went through when you decided that actually, yeah, you were going to go for it? I think it was very difficult and there was a lot I left out because my brother's very private. I certainly wouldn't have told my story if my mum had still been alive because I talk about her depression, which I didn't know it was depression at the time, but it became clearer when I was in my 20s. Um, It's been quite difficult, my dad reading it, because I don't blame him for things. I mean, he had no idea how to help my mum with her depression. He had no idea the impact that his sort of like tactful, he wasn't very tactful and he would say comments about my thighs or, you know, things that I would take to heart. He would take me to see my nan and she would basically um, just put me down for like two hours every Sunday night. My dad would read the newspaper, completely oblivious. And my nan would just like rip into me for two hours. So I would start my week as a teenager my Monday morning, you know, my mum didn't get up to see me after school because she was, you know, suffering from depression. 
I still had all those thoughts that my nan had put into my head about how useless I was, how short I was, how I was covered in acne, how no man was going to marry me because I couldn't cook. You know, it was all these things. And then, you know, you're in school and image was everything then. It was like 80s, 90s. And we all had our skirts shortened and tightened and permed and like everything was about image and all we were obsessed with at the time was getting a boyfriend and there was there was no way I could go out with somebody like if someone asked me out I thought they were like joking you know and they turn around and say ah, I'm just like having a laugh I don't want to go out with you so it was all everything was about image during that time and it was awful because I just I felt completely worthless but you didn't tell anyone like my son opens up to me he's 12 and he opens up to me there's no way I would have admitted any of this stuff to my parents but I it came at this memory came out the other day I was actually attacked when I was about 14 I was walking through the bus station in the middle of the the day and this boy had sort of pushed me against a wall um, and assaulted me and there's no way that I would tell my parents you just kept everything to yourself it was all like sort of you know, inside. And I mentioned in the book that I became really focused on my teeth. I'd fallen off my bike when I was eight. And as I grew, my teeth were getting worse and sticking out more. And I'd fallen out with my friend and she'd said that I looked like a rabbit or something. So every day when I went home from school, I'd smash my teeth against the wall of my bedroom, trying to make my teeth look better. And whether I was trying to punish myself because I didn't like myself or whether I was trying to make myself look better, I don't know and like looking back on it it's like horrific if my child was doing that I would be mortified it's heartbreaking isn't it to to think of your younger self going through all those things and keeping it just locked away inside so do you think that what you went through how you now understand what was happening within kind of your your childhood and, and your teens do you think that's helped to shape who you are as a parent and how you communicate with your children? Definitely. And I make sure, I mean, I know that my mum and dad love me. There was no doubt about that, you know, but I say to my children every single day, I love you and I'm so proud of you every day. So, you know, there's no, no doubt in their minds because when my mum was dying and she said to me, is there anything you want to ask me? And I'd said, are you proud of me? Because I didn't know. And she she was like in shock. She was like, you don't know how proud I am of you. But I didn't know because she didn't, she didn't say it. She wasn't the kind of mem that boasted about my GCSE results or boasted when I went to uni. And I needed to hear that. And we, we, all, we all feel love, don't we? We all receive love in different ways. And some people need to be told. And I think I'm one of those, pe- those people who loves to be told. So I make sure I do that every single day for my children so they know that they're loved and how proud I am of them. Yeah, I make a point of telling Callie if she's done something and I've had to tell her off, you know, or try and uh, get her to understand the implications or, you know, how she could make other people feel if she's saying things that might be hurtful. And I make a point of saying to her, you know, mummy loves you even when she's cross at you. You know, that that doesn't change. I love you all the time and I will always love you. And I love you even if I'm cross or even if I seem angry. Um, I also make a point of apologising sometimes because I think that's really important. Like there are days, there are days when any of us can get up in an absolutely foul mood and there can be no reason for it or there can be an, an absolutely valid reason for it. And sometimes I think I know that I've been a bit grumpy or I've been a bit shorter than I should have been and I'm not afraid to then apologise and say, you know, mummy's in a bad mood today and it's not your fault and I'm sorry that I got a bit cross I didn't need to and I think for me those those kind of things you know expressing your love telling your kids that you're proud of them and then actually being able to apologize to them as well they're things that that help them to to grow with their emotions aren't they yeah I think it's just helping to encourage that self-awareness isn't it and I know there's this you know things compared to when when we were at school, you know, sports day was there was one winner for the race and things are very different these days, particularly in primary schools, because they're they're trying to encourage children to do their best. But at the same time, they're trying to take away the competition element. 
so that they're not trying to be better than each other. And on the one hand, I think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's great because maybe we're cultivating better relationships. And on the other hand, I think, well, actually, you don't always win at life. You know, you don't always get what you want. And shouldn't we also be able to teach our children those kinds of things that not everything will just be given to them? You know, they need to actually put the time and the work and the effort in. So there's this kind of, and I know we're completely off topic in terms of <laughs> the book and our stories and things, but I think it's worth discussing. But I think there's this kind of, we almost go too far sometimes. And then other times I think, well, why not say well done? And why not say good job? Because I know there are some people that think, you know, you shouldn't tell your kids well done for just getting washed in the morning, or you shouldn't tell them thank you for putting their clothes away or, you know, all those kind of mundane things that you want them to be independent with that if you're always saying well done or good job or congratulations or whatever terminology you might use you're taking away from when they really do achieve something and that it should just be those basic behaviors should almost just be a given and then I think you know relating back to what you're saying Rachel if we don't say those things then maybe they just don't know that they are doing a good job and maybe they don't know that we are proud of what they're achieving so on the days when she does a better job I'm gonna say thank you for actually doing it properly because I wanted to know that I've noticed and that she is capable that's real isn't it you know there's there is an element of competition in life and like you know like saying Rachel we're not all good at everything and we can't pretend to be and it is about finding you know what's your passion what do you love what are you good at how do you develop those skills and you know that is reality so we will take another break for some music we will be back very shortly and who knows what we're going to talk about next (laughs) it could be anyone's guess If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com.
welcome back to Love Thy Body Project. You're here with myself, Laura Bland, the gorgeous Serena Novelli, and of course our two guests, Tracy Edwards and Rachel Barnes. They are two of our authors from Love Thy Body Real Life Stories Volume 1. And we have been talking about all sorts of things from the actual writing process through to um, family life, through to what's been going on throughout the pandemic, how we're all coping in different ways with the stress, the homeschooling, supporting our kids, supporting ourselves, self-care, all of that kind of stuff. So hopefully you've been enjoying the show so far. So ladies, um, throw it open to either of you. Um, what do you feel, so it was last November when we actually published the book, um, what is it that you have been doing since then? What have you kind of gone on and achieved? Has being part of the book, has that opened any doors for you just in terms of obviously growing your, your confidence, feeling freer from the past and those emotions? How have you been doing since we actually published? Well, for me, I went through, uh, I went through a phase when we released the book of withdrawing hiding from the world. I, I, I faced a bit of negativity when the book came out from one part of, of my life, which I've, I've got over. I have got over that. And I expected it, if truth be told. However, since then, I felt like a, I'm a new person, literally felt like I'm a new person. I actually, for the first time in my whole entire life, can say I love every damn bit about myself. I'm confident in what what I'm wearing, or as as um, Anna would say, I rule my clothes. I'm happy. I'm attracting the right people into my life at last. I have removed so many people from my life since then. Feel good about it. I've got rid of that guilt about thinking I have to just keep everybody close. Um, my circle has got much smaller, but much stronger. And I've had people reach out to me who I would never have dreamt would, just saying thank you, asking me how I stay so positive. One girl sent me a message and said, I want to know how to light up a room like you do. And that was like, that's worth more than anything else in the whole entire, entire world. So... For me, I've just grown in myself. Um, I turned 50 being the happiest woman that I have ever been in my whole entire life. And I've got this book and Love Thy Body project as a whole to thank for it because you ladies don't realize how much you do for your community. Wow, just, see, just seeing your change in confidence, that is, that is all the thanks that we need, definitely. And I think I'm just going to come back to what you were saying then in terms of, you know, your circle is so much smaller now, but so much stronger. And I think that's, that's a massive fear that so many of us have, isn't it, in terms of releasing people from our lives because we feel that that's, you know, it's the wrong thing to do or it's not a very kind thing to do. And actually, if there are people within your circle, within your life that are bringing constant negativity or that bring anxiety when you think about them or when you're planning to see them, then they're not good people to have around. And obviously, it's not always easy to separate yourself from them, but it is something that can be extremely worthwhile. Essentially, if you don't take action, you're condoning that behaviour, aren't you? And it's what we're seeing more and more of at the moment in the news, all these different things that are happening. And even if you can't make an impact as an individual, if you can use your voice with the crowds, so to speak, then together we can make an impact and we can create change. And it's not so easy when it's family members because we do feel, you know, like you're like you have to see them and you have to have a relationship. So it's really difficult and it's never easy, but sometimes you've got to put yourself first and you've got to make those hard choices. A massive well done, Tracy, for actually taking those steps to recognise that there are people that can support you and help you and that there are others that are just not in that camp and actually we don't need those people. So, Rachel, what have you been up to? What developments have you had? I know, you know. <laughs> so for me, my story was basically about my childhood and the teenage years 
And I feel really passionately about helping children because I was a teacher for over 20 years. And while I was teaching, I was having the opportunity to inject that confidence into children. And, you know, when they'd fallen out with their friends and they were feeling bad about themselves, I could say to them, oh, yeah, you're brilliant at this and you're like great at that. And, you know, don't take that, you know, so personally. So that was fulfilling that need when I was teaching. But when I left and started working with women, I was a bit like, I really need to work with children. And you can get children below the age of 11 to talk to you. So I do one-to-one sessions with children and that was great. But I was constantly getting messages from parents of teenagers saying, can you help me with my teen? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But the teens need to be able to talk to you and they don't want to talk to you. I brought out a children's journal. So it's for children like age nine to 12. And it's very simple. And it's the basic routine that I run through in the morning. So you've got, you check in how you're feeling and you do a positive affirmation. But most importantly, you've got a section just to write your thoughts down. So to get all those thoughts that are in your head that you want to get out and getting that down on paper just to help turn them around because I wasted so many years holding myself back. And if I'd discovered all these things at 13 instead of like in my 40s, what a difference that could have made to my life. So I think things really need to change and we need to really focus on our children and our teens and getting them confident as well. Absolutely. And that's it, isn't it? What you're saying in terms of if we can do that work at a younger age then actually we're not going to have so many people struggling in later life and needing to to work through so many emotions and so many experiences because if we can give ourselves the tools at a younger age if we can learn about things like mindfulness and gratitude and affirmations and self-belief then that will carry us through as much as possible and and just help us to to actually try and achieve the things that we want to follow our dreams to pursue our passions And that's what it's about, isn't it? You know, just trying to be happy and confident. And if we can help people to feel that way, then that means that they will have the tools to then help the next generation. And we can create that wave of positivity. We can create that wave of self-belief. We can make sure that, you know, we're doing something not just for ourselves, not just for our kids, but for their kids as well. And that I think that's key at the moment, isn't it? So, Rachel, have you got anything at the moment coming up in the pipelines that you want to tell anyone about? Okay, so I've got my journals. I've got two journals, one in like a nice green colour, another one in purple. And I've also got um, a superhero journal coming out, trying to encourage some of the boys to start writing, because I know some of them are quite reluctant. And I've also got an offer on at the moment to help women now their children have gone back to school because I've had lots of women say to me I know I want something more out of life but I just don't know what I want so I'm providing an hour session where women can come on a zoom call with me and just talk and just chat like we are now just trying to figure out what they really want you know is their relationship the right relationship for them are they in the right job they want to be in do they want to leave it start their own business It's just a time and an hour just to sit down and just to focus on themselves because as women, we don't tend to do that. And just to work out, you know, what we want out of life. So it's basically a sort of kickstart in your life. Um, Where can people find you then, Rachel? How do they connect with you? Okay, so I've got a page called Rachel Barnes Building Confidence and Self-Worth. I've also got a website, which is basically my name, www.rachelbarnes.co.uk. So you can drop me a message on there. Brilliant. And Tracy, if anyone's reading the book and or listening to the show and perhaps they want to connect with you and like you say, find out how to light up the room and have your positivity. Is there a good place where people can, can find you? So I've just got my um, page on Facebook. So I'm just Tracy Aitken Edwards on Facebook and Queen T underscore 70 on Instagram. Obviously, if you aren't part of the Love Thy Body Project community, then do head over to Facebook and search us out. You'll be able to connect with myself, Serena and Anna over there. And we hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure you come back again next week for more. Thank you very much. 
If you'd like to get in touch or find out how you can work with us, then just head on over to lovethybodyproject.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 